welcome to She Can The Podcast, where the goal is for you to leave each episode feeling empowered to go after what you want and knowing that if she can, so can you. Let's get started. Hi friend, I hope you're well. I wanted to come on and talk to you about something that we have mentioned in previous podcasts, but we've not actually gone into much detail about. We did have one podcast about gut health with Dr. Tanda Cook, which was excellent. And you can go back and have a listen to that. But I want to talk to you about gut health from my experience and just what it can mean to you. So do you ever have those days, weeks, months, (laughs) years, when you just think, how is that person so patient with their children? How does that person manage to live their life like that all the time? They always seem so cool. Why does that person not have any bloating? Why does that person not have, not ever get colds all the time? all of these different things, a lot of it can be down to your gut health. So before I learned about gut health, the only time I really considered my nutrition was in terms of will I fit into these jeans or not? If I'm not going to, if my jeans are starting to get tight, then maybe I should reduce the calories somewhat. But actually there's so much more to being healthy and having a healthy gut and having a healthy mindset than calories in calories out because all calories are not created equal 100 calories of a mars bar is doesn't have the same effect on your brain as 100 calories of an avocado doesn't have the same effect on your blood sugar doesn't have the same effect of every different system in your body as the avocado does so it's very very important that you focus on your gut health so if you have ever felt like you're bloated, you've got digestive discomfort, maybe diarrhea, constipation, brain fog, low mood, you just feel like you're snapping at your kids all the time, skin issues, maybe you've got an itchy scalp, acne, psoriasis, dermatitis, trouble with sleep, low energy, you wake up in the morning and you feel like you need another six hours sleep, or maybe you've been changing your diet and you're doing more exercise, but you still struggle to lose weight and you just don't know what the issue is. Sometimes it can be gut health. And I am absolutely not a doctor. I am absolutely not a nutritionist, but I have been affiliated with a health and wellness company for over 14 years. And I have researched gut health a lot. And I do know a lot about your gut microbiome and the impact of it. And I've listened to so many podcasts, listened to so many researchers, and I have had the experience myself of doing gut resets and seeing the transformation in my lifestyle, the transformation in my mindset, the transformation in my patience, and also physically in terms of my body. And I also see what happens when I start eating foods that don't fuel my gut properly, because it just goes backwards when you start to go down that road again. So, Your gut microbiome is basically the foundation of your health. So good gut health occurs when you have a balance between good bacteria and bad bacteria. And that's a very layman's term. There are so much more, so much more nuanced than that. But in terms of keeping this simple, it's about good and bad bacteria. And you've got 50 trillion bacteria living in your gut with between three to 500 different types of bacteria. And it's just like a fingerprint. Your gut bacteria profile is completely unique to you. And you need a good balance between good bacteria and bad bacteria for your body to function well. Some food that we eat really helps the bacteria. Some food that we eat really kills good bacteria and helps the bad bacteria to thrive. So sometimes we put food into our body and not realising the full impact that it's having. 
Over 70% of your immune system is made in your gut. So if your gut isn't healthy, your immune system won't function well and you'll get sick more. Over 90% of your body's serotonin, which is your happy hormone, is made in the gut. So again, if your gut isn't healthy, you'll struggle to produce that serotonin. And that's why gut health is massively linked to low moods, even anxiety and depression and patience as a mum. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So we have this gut-brain axis and it's called the vagus nerve. And it's basically responsible for telling your brain that something's not right in your gut or telling your gut that something's not right in the brain. So if you think of when you feel nervous, you feel anxious, sometimes you get butterflies in your stomach, that's your brain telling your stomach, something's not right, something's not right here, we need to do something about this. Or other physical manifestations of things like anxiety or nerves or worry could be, um, maybe you start kind of trembling, you start to feel a little bit shaky before you go on stage to speak, or maybe you get red and sweaty, or maybe you start feeling like you need to go to the toilet, you need to run to the toilet, because that's all your body's reaction to your mind's saying something's not right here, we have to we have to deal with this, and that's all linked. So we know that the gut and the brain are considerably linked, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So when you're paying attention to your gut, you start to see that you can clearly do things that will improve your gut health. And it's not often as difficult as you think. It starts with really, really simple things. So things like having an upset stomach, sometimes that can be signs of an unhealthy gut because when you have a challenge of processing food and eliminating waste, you're constipated all the time, then that tends to be a sign of an unhealthy gut. But you want to really be be feeding that gut with really good wholesome fibrous foods in order for the gut to function properly and drinking so much water that's part of it as well if you're eating a lot of sugar and highly processed food and you crave that food a lot then again it can be a sign of an unhealthy gut because high sugar diet is strongly linked to an unhealthy gut because what sugar does is it increases the bad bacteria and puts it out of balance And that's a vicious cycle because the bad bacteria makes your brain crave more carb-based food and sugar, which then impacts the gut, which makes your brain crave more of the same kind of food. And it's a vicious cycle. So sometimes when we're craving food like this, we think of ourselves as, you know, I don't have any willpower or I really need to stop doing this and you beat yourself up about it. But actually it's a chemical imbalance in your gut and your brain, which is making you reach for those foods when you start to address that chemical imbalance and you start to fuel your gut and your brain properly those cravings tend to dissipate it's really really interesting to actually go through that yourself and start to see the effect that fueling your gut has on your brain if you're not sleeping well or you're always tired then that could be down to poor gut health because the majority of the body's serotonin, which is a hormone that also affects mood and sleep, is produced in the gut. So gut damage can affect sleep massively. Maybe skin issues, things like um, acne. There's massive bodies of research that show that unhealthy guts and bad diets could be contributing to bad skin. And when the gut's healed, skin issues tend to improve really dramatically. Or maybe you're losing weight or you're putting on weight with no obvious change to your diet or lifestyle. Again, that could be an imbalanced gut because that can impair your body's ability to absorb nutrients, to regulate blood sugar, 
and to store fat. And also, similar story, if you're having trouble managing weight, trying to lose it and it's not happening, again, it can be down to a gut imbalance. So what can you expect when you heal the gut? You can expect better moods, enhanced resilience to stress, clearer skin, reduce seasonal allergies, even your hay fever can be improved, hormone balance, stronger immune system, better energy, less food sensitivities, improved absorption of critical nutrients, and less anxiety and depression. So you might be thinking, right, all very well, good Meg, tell me what to do about it. (laughs) So what can you actually do about it? Let's have a think about what you can do to improve your gut health. First of all, lower your stress levels. So you may think that you're not stressed. However, our body is the same body as millions of years ago when we were being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. We had to develop a system called fight or flight mode that told our body something we're really in danger here. You're going to die if you don't fight back or run as fast as you can. So you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. You're in a really stressful position. Your body is pumping out things like cortisol and adrenaline and it's telling you this is a high stress situation. You will die if you don't do something about this. There is no way you're sleeping right now because of all those hormones pumping through your body. Our body doesn't know the difference between being chased by a saber-toothed tiger and a boss breathing down your neck or a looming deadline or walking into your house and your house is a mess again or watching a Netflix documentary about a child that goes missing and you're lying awake all night after you watch that documentary thinking, who took the child? Why did they take the child? Are my children safe? Did I lock my back door? Did I lock my front door? I shouldn't take them on holiday this year because it's really not safe. What if there's a plane crash? Maybe I should just keep them in the garden for their whole entire lives. (laughs) Do you ever do that? Your brain just goes completely out of control because you've been in a stressful situation. That's what happens and that impacts your gut health massively. So think about reducing your stress. Stop watching those things on Netflix before bed or take an ashwagandha supplement. That's a really powerful adaptogen which can manage occasional stress or spend more time in nature, go for more walks, do meditation. And I know it's easier said than done. I always picture when I tell mothers to do meditation, that they're lying all zen and then a child just comes up and jumps on top of them and pulls her hair and says, mommy, you did Superman with me. It's not always easy. But when you start prioritising it, you will find a way to really help yourself get into that position of relaxation and reducing your stress. It's just a matter of prioritising things. And when your health gets to a stage where it's affecting your mood, it's affecting your anxiety, it's affecting your energy to do things, then it starts to become a a priority to actually take control of these things. So lower your stress level is number one. Number two is get enough sleep. Again, linked to lowering your stress level before bed. But also things that you can do before you go to sleep is, what else can you do? You can have a dark room. Even though your eyes are closed, if you've been looking at blue light before bed, you're still seeing that. Your eyes are still seeing it. Your skin has sensors that actually take on board whether it's daylight or whether it's nighttime and that all helps you produce melatonin which is a uh, which is good for sleeping 
it's really good to get out into the sunlight first thing in the morning and let your skin and let the retinas of your eyes take your sunglasses off let your retinas actually absorb all that sunlight because that helps you sleep 12 hours later um you're aiming for between eight to nine hours a, a night and if you are someone who has to work at night, I am one of those people, I work, I tend to work a lot at night, then use blue light blockers when it comes to your laptop and your phone because that can really help just block all of that blue light going into your brain to help you get enough sleep. Sleep is often described as a master dial to your health. When you prioritise sleep, then everything else starts to come into line. When you don't have enough sleep, that's when you tend to reach for foods that really don't fuel your gut well things like sugary foods really high carb based foods because you're looking for chemicals that can only be given to you through sleep but your body thinks it can find them by putting these things into your mouth but it can't so you just take on extra calories and then you have a big blood sugar crash which makes you feel even more tired and it's just a big vicious circle so getting enough sleep is number two Eat slowly is number three. So chewing your food thoroughly and eating your meals more slowly can really help promote that full digestion and absorption of nutrients. So your digestion actually starts in your mouth. If you feel with your tongue on either side of your cheeks, you'll feel what feels like a little ulcer on either side of your cheeks. And for many, many years, I did think that was an ulcer, but actually it's a saliva gland. And that's where the saliva comes into your mouth and helps digest that food from the word go because that's where your gut lining starts so not drinking water or liquid with your meals for at least 30 minutes after your food can also help because it it means that those digestive juices don't become as diluted as well so it's really important to eat slowly other things that you can do in terms of your mouth is not use really harsh chemicals in your mouth things like mouthwash can actually destroy that gut microbiome in your mouth and prevent the digestion from happening as quickly as it might or as efficiently as it might because those little bacteria tend to be destroyed with really harsh mouthwash. Things like reducing your toxic load in your house instead of using cleaning things like flash and really harsh chemicals use brands that are more natural that don't contain a lot of the really harsh chemicals that you might find elsewhere I had to stop burning candles and wax melts and things like that that weren't natural ones because they literally gave me a headache and that's because of all the chemicals that they're emitting into your ear those a a lot of those wax melts actually do that and it's you're just purposely putting toxins into the air that you're breathing in your house to make it smell nice, open a window instead. It's it's something so basic that so many people don't actually realise. Also, the chemicals in your makeup, the chemicals in your skincare, it all leads to toxins being increased into your body and that affects gut health at the end of the day. So that's really important. A slight digression from eating slowly, but it, it is very important. Staying hydrated is important as well. I know I spoke a lot about this when I was doing 75 hard, but it is so important drinking 
two litres of water a day can help your skin feel hydrated and help with eliminating brain fog and preventing headaches and also reducing your appetite. Often you reach for that three o'clock snack when all you need is a big glass of water because your brain just needs that to stay fueled, stay hydrated. Remember we're 70% water in our body. So when you are not replenishing that, it starts to not function as optimally as it could. So that's really important. And then your diet and your nutrition and your food intake is obviously very important when it comes to gut health. So small changes over time can become a lifestyle. So things that really fuel that bad bacteria and damage the good bacteria are things like processed foods, things with a lot of chemicals in that you cannot pronounce. If it's not real food, it's probably not good for you. High sugar, high fat foods that you eat can sometimes well, can all the time affect that good bacteria in your gut. So you want to be cutting out things like high sugar and high processed foods and replace that with plenty of plant-based foods and lean protein that will positively impact your gut. So regardless of the calorie intake, you want to be thinking about your nutrition intake. How much, how nutrient dense is this food? If it's nutrient dense, if it's a real whole food, then eat it regardless of the calories. If it's high in fiber and whole foods, it's been shown to contribute tremendously to your healthy gut microbiome. There's an author called Tim Spector who has been interviewed a lot recently. He did one of um, Stephen Bartlett's podcast recently and he has an incredible book and he speaks about the value of eating over 30 different fruits and vegetables per week and 10 minimum per day. So we used to think it was five a day, but it's actually 10 minimum per day now. And the reason for that, and the reason that often people reach for supplements now is because food is not what it once was. Our ancestors would have walked to a farmer's market and picked up an apple. We have to walk to a supermarket and we pick up an apple, which is very different to the apple that our ancestors had. It's been over farmed. The soil that it grew in is full of pesticides and chemicals. Often it's been polished with a wax to make it look more shiny. It has been given additives to help it grow bigger and to help it be more pleasing to the eye. Um, It's not got the same nutrient density as our ancestors' apple had. For other fruits, maybe apple's not a good example because they do grow in the UK, but for other fruits, say for example, a banana, it's been shipped across the world and it's been refrigerated for days and days and days before it actually reaches us as the end consumer and the nutrients have depleted along the way. So it's really important to realise that we have to Firstly, eat organic fruit and vegetables where possible. I know it's not always easy. When it's not possible, just wash your fruit and vegetables before you eat them. Um, And if you can't have that variety of fruit and vegetables in your plate, then take a supplement, take a green supplement that has a variety of fruit and vegetables in that scoop because that's a really good way for a busy life to actually take those supplements on board and you get green supplements that aren't just green they're also red and yellow and purple and all of the different rainbows of fruit and vegetables that you can get it just increases that variety of nutrients that will hit your gut and help those microbiome really thrive and the last thing to really think about for gut health which is really important is prebiotics so prebiotics can be found in fermented food 
So fermented food would be foods like kombucha is a great example of fermented food. Um, kefir, sauerkraut, kimchi, miso, they're all fermented foods which are very, very good for your gut health. I don't know about you, but I don't have my own fermenting station at home and I don't take on enough fermented food in my diet. You're looking at various different portions of fermented food a day in order to fuel your gut health properly. And that's why I take a supplement that has prebiotic, probiotic and digestive enzymes in it because I can put that in a glass with the greens, top up with water, drink it, and I know that my microbiome is being fed and really thriving Whereas without that, I don't know that it's thriving because I'm not giving it the food that it really, really needs. And that's something to think about as well when you're thinking about supplements. Obviously, we know that our food is not created equal. Busy lives don't necessarily have the time or the inclination to go and eat 30 plus different fruits and vegetables per week. But also, all supplements are not created equal. So you want to make sure that the supplement that you are buying is one that's encapsulated in such a way that it actually reaches where it needs to be because a lot of supplements can be broken down in that GI tract and before they reach where they need to be, they've been broken down by the body. So make sure that the supplement is designed for absorption as well as has has actually those prebiotics and probiotics and digestive enzymes that you need as well. So that's been this whistle-stop tour of gut health. It's so, so important and it's really struck home to me recently when I have been on various different weekends away and dinners out and drinking alcohol again when I hadn't drank it for so many months, just how much it impacts your mood and how much it impacts your energy and how much it impacts your ability to get stuff done. When you prioritise your gut health, it takes between three to four days for that microbiome to renew and regenerate. So this doesn't have to be a a long-term process for this to happen. You'll start to see the results of treating your microbiome well. You'll start to see those results literally in the space of a few days. So I challenge you to do that. Start treating it well. Cut out those common allergens. Cut out the high-processed food and the high-sugar food and the alcohol for a few days and just fuel your body with a rainbow of fruit and vegetables and start to see how much energy you have because I guarantee you'll start to be converted and you'll start to think aha this is how my body is supposed to feel and everything will start to just become a little bit clearer and that fog will start lifting and you're going to feel so much better about yourself and your mood will start to lift this podcast is not a nutrition podcast. I am not a nutritionist or a doctor by any manner of means, but it's designed to help women go after their goals while they're running after their kids. And in my opinion, the first place to start with that is with your nutrition, because if you're not fueling your body properly, you're not going to be running after anything, to be honest. So that's a really, really good place to start. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for your time and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you found value in what we shared, please feel free to share it on your social media. You'll find me on Instagram at shecanpod and at UK. And if you want to watch the video, you can search for She Can The Podcast on YouTube.